Well, here we are again, still in Chat 10 headquarters, pretending like it's another day. <laughs> We've sandwiched two together because we're never going to find another opportunity. So, uh, yeah. In the, Great, in the, you told. I mean, we could have got away with it. I know. It wasn't you, I know. <laughs> in the interim, now I raced out because my a friend dropped a lovely present on my doorstep for my birthday. Thanks, Thanks Sharon. Scented candle. Thanks, Sharon. <laughs> I love scented candles, Sharon. Thank you. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was some beautiful cups um now i took the kids the other week let me tell you to the australian chamber orchestra open day they had a festival because they've recently got a refurbished headquarters at pier two two and three in um Mm, mm. in sydney and uh they were having a morning which was like a family morning why are you laughing already like what (laughs) did your children do something monstrous no, no, did you do something monstrous? It was quite good, but I mean, I think it's you. You all know that I'm constantly trying to brainwash and, and indoctrinate my children into wanting a music education, know, yeah. and they just resisted at every turn. And so they were learning piano for a while, and they were just so obnoxious about it that I said, "Not, I'm not going to be paying money for you guys to just never practice and to be like borderline huffily rude to the teacher." Um, and so, and then I've tried to let them just choose, you know, any instrument, drums. What about electric guitar? Like anything, anything. No. No, 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 no. Anyway, so I thought I'll take him to this open day. It could be fun. You know, it's a bit more brainwashing. Anyway, but I just I didn't want to tell them where we were going. So I said, yeah, it might be Luna Park. <laughs> or... <laughs> so I said, okay, kids, let's go. We're going out. And they're like, oh, okay, well, where are we going? And I said, Don't, we're, just, we're going into the, into the city. We're, just go, we're going into the city. Like, yeah, but what, to do what? We're, just, we're heading down to Pier 2 and 3. It's, be- it's, be- it's right near the harbour. You'll probably be able to see the harbour bridge. It's a beautiful spot. You and bastard. They, <laughs> they were like, uh, what? okay. So finally when we were in the car, they're like, but mum, what are we doing down there? And I said, okay, we're going to the open day of the Australian Chamber Orchestra. They're having a family. That's going to be really fun. You should have heard it. It was like I had said we're going to get our teeth pulled out. It was just howls of protest. Oh, this is going to be the worst thing ever. I cannot believe you're dragging your sister. So it was so – they were they were in such a, a state. By the time we got there, I was pulling out the – now, listen, I do a lot of nice things oh, for you boys, wow. and I'm asking you to do one nice thing for me. We're only going to be here for an hour. And I was worried that they were going to be like – and I'm trying to say things to them like, yeah, there's a person there and they play a violin that's worth like $10 million, trying to like make them feel on some level excited about it. And no. So then we get there and I'd signed us up for two activities. One was to see a string quartet and one was to do the kind of family activity room. And I thought, look, I hope the activity room's first because I feel like making these children watch a string quartet could be really bad. <laughs> it's all in ugly mood. Oh. Anyway, the timing of it was that the quartet was first. And then, of course, you could see Luna Park from the... Oh, Wow. <laughs> So the kids, I've sat down and minded the seats, and they're like, Mum, can we go and look out the window at Luna Park? Like, okay. So they've gone out to do that. But then they came in, and I must say they then um, were really well behaved. The, firstly, the new facility is heaven. It's mm. so beautifully designed, and it's very carefully kind of crafted to things like window heights and stuff represent intervals in certain pieces of music, and it's really, really wow. thoughtfully and amazingly done. Um, and it looks beautiful. Kids must have been right into that. Kids like, were just like, kids, hey, kids, come hey, kids, kids. <laughs> it's, it's, the the it's the minor third from Bach's Partita. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, when, we, when the string quartet started, luckily there was a few other kids, so I was able to say, look, other kids are here enjoying this. Anyway, they're actually really good. And, and to the um, orchestra's credit, or the people in the quartet, <laughs> 
it only went for 20 minutes and they picked short, sharp pieces like, right. that kids would recognise from yeah. cartoons, like yeah. da, 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 mm-hmm. um, And, like, there was a tango thing. And so things <laughs> that kids could kind of get into. And so my two actually really quite enjoyed it. But then what they really enjoyed was the family activity part was um, they had lots of instruments there so you could right. have a have a stab at having a go of them um and Uh-oh. special shout out to a young boy named james who was in charge of the cellos right. which is where i'd really like to brainwash my children um and he was like a young looked about 19 he was a young cool guy and he was very good with my two kids and to the degree that i thought okay here's what the problem is it's not me that should be doing the brainwashing it's a young cool guy because yeah, then right. it's a young cool guy with a large cumbersome instrument <laughs> with a large that cumbersome needs to have instrument. A, a seat booked for it on the airplanes <laughs> Sounds easy to manage. Anyway, my James said um, when we he saw me text someone because I took a photo of him playing it and cello, as you know, is my favourite instrument. I texted somebody and said, "Can you imagine how happy this would make me?" It was like James playing the cello, and James saw later the text on my phone and he said, um, "Oh, why would it make you happy?" And I said, "Well, just because you know, I just I love the cello so much, and I just I love you so much, and I feel like if I saw those two, two things together, I'd just be so thrilled." It was my friend was like. Oh, that's going to be good fodder for therapy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when did you most disappoint anybody? <laughs> my finger on it. Um, anyway, it was just, it was a really like he was great... going to play the harp, I can tell. If there's anything, it'll just be like, yeah, it'll be the harp. He'll... It'll be something he needs a truck to be. Yeah, hard to know with him. He did say later that he thought playing the cello made him feel creative and made him feel joyful. So that was good. Um, and then, yeah, his brother seemed to kind of enjoy it as well but it was just funny watching them like as it is watching any beginner like just literally soaring away yeah. like, as they're actually as yeah. if they're actually soaring the instrument we didn't get a go at the 10 million dollar <laughs> instrument i'm guessing <laughs> fortunately i didn't see rich and tom yeti floating around so there i didn't is, have a go of it there is such an art isn't there to like trying to convince a suspicious child oh. that something that you know is probably going to be boring isn't going to be boring and you go through the whole like well there'll be other kids there and then they're like well how old are the other kids oh, like, yeah, so it's totally. kind of like well i mean i'm two years older than that like <laughs> why would i find that interesting like well like you know how you told us there's a show called the brain game on disney yep, plus yep so oh uh, kids we should watch this animal crab bush she said her whole family loved it she said all the kids loved it like no 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 now anytime i mention it it's like again i've mentioned teeth people yeah. they just have taken it it's like you telling step. me to watch the americans i'm like never gonna watch Immediate that yeah. against it. but i think the aco i reckon does an excellent job of and they always have like right back to the mid 90s when i was the um abc's arts reporter they do i think a really excellent job of building a community around yes. themselves yeah, and a sense true. of excitement and making you feel kind of invested in them um I went to see their first concert of this year, which was um, a guy called James Crabb, which is your late brother's name. Yeah. James Crabb, who's a piano accordion player, and he was the soloist. Oh, my God. I've thought about it so much afterwards, and I took a friend who's not really into classical music, and she also said she felt like for a couple of days her tank was just full from it. Oh, wow. I don't know if you like the sound of the piano accordion, but it's a, it, I love I it. It's yeah. a beautiful sounding instrument. And so it was a lot of like kind of South American, mm. you know, tango-y sort of stuff. Um, and James Crabb is just, oh, it's really hard to explain anything. And I don't know anything about piano accordion, so I can't use the right technical words. But you know there. what you like. But I know <laughs> what I like, and I like it. He is, he's such a musician. Like he plays 
absolutely beautifully and he interacts really beautifully with everyone on stage and with the audience and he gives you a sense that he's loving it. You can't really be a standoffish squeeze box player though, can you? I mean, like, that's just not okay. You can't be up yourself because you're essentially playing a variation on a bagpipe. Like, <laughs> and then he, he just... I felt like everyone on the stage was really enjoying it. Like the whole vibe for yeah. the whole night was like, yeah. this is super special. I just I couldn't have loved it more. I thought I thought that they mm. just well, that's nailed it. Mm. I loved how he and Tonietti were interacting. And Tonietti obviously has an amazing stage presence, but yeah. James Crabb, like, did as well. And so you just felt like, wow, I'm watching two people that are just, like, absolutely superb here and they're just lifting everyone else's game on stage and they're just making all of us happy in the audience and it was just a very happy experience oh, that's great you've described it very beautifully yeah but if i described it to my children yeah no. said, so anyone come and meet james crab and have yeah. go on his piano accordion like, ah, that sounds like a terrible thing to have to do <laughs> You've been going out and yeah, doing things. I went, I went and saw um, the uh, new film about David McComb, the lead singer of the Triffids. Oh, okay. One of my long-term favourite bands, also one of my late brother's old-term favourite bands, so I did just sob hysterically through about half of the film, oh. so sorry about anybody sitting behind me just watching me howl, but it was quite, um, it was quite um, you know... Um, therapeutic but honestly what a fascinating band the Triffids were um yeah I know nothing about them yeah they mm. sort of group of friends who grew up, grew up in Perth um so, so many musicians who grow up in Perth and have this sort of moody sensibility you know become these incredible um musicians anyway um they um were really really famous but never kind of hugely commercially successful. Like it just seemed like a, such a huge Australian band that never quite kind of got to that um, point of not having to worry about having another job or, right. you know, where the next buck was coming from. But uh, David McComb, who was the um, songwriter and, um, and lead vocalist, had just an extraordinary personal story. He died when he was 37. Um, and this film is... A documentary about his life, um, lots of interviews from the band um, members and from family members, and um, there's a whole lot of excerpts from his diaries and letters that are read out by DBC Pierre. Oh, wow! <laughs> Which gives it this great kind of like growly kind of quality. Beautiful film. I really enjoyed it, even though I was, you know, I was predestined to really enjoy it but yeah yeah, um and i think it's on screens around australia um but yeah it's a great great little film so i did go out and do that well done yeah speaking of um films about things you don't know much about i can't remember if it was on the pod or if someone else said this to you you know how i went down my um benedict cumberbatch kind of yes that's right (laughs) your your cumberbatch burrow your cumber burrow Um, so somebody told me, I'm sure it was you, said, have you watched The Imitation Game? And I said, no. And I'm like, oh, yeah. The Imitation Game is fantastic. Have you watched that? Um, I don't think it was me enthusing about it to okay. you, but I have watched it, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Alan Turing's life. Yes. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, that was well worth the apology that Gordon Brown oh, issued in 100%, 2011. Oh, right? my God. So if you don't know of this, Alan Turing and his team um, broke the Enigma Code during the Second World War and saved, I mean, how many lives? Yeah. Like 
brilliant. Pretty sharp guys. Like, just unbelievable. Um, and he was arrested for homosexual acts, like, not long after the war because the code-breaking was done in the utmost top secret, you know, situation, so they never got credit for it. it thank you for known. your service to the nation, which we won't be able to thank you for publicly, but now we're going to persecute you for being gay. Yeah. Awesome. And he, his treatment was uh, chemical castration. Like, it was this horrendous... Uh, outcome, and then he ended up suiciding. It was like, oh my god, yeah, unbelievable. So it is. A, it is an almost unbelievable story, isn't it? Like, you yeah, think. and quite recent history. Yep. Mm. Like, yeah, that was just profoundly uh, disturbing. So, but anyway, amazing person. Important wing of the Cumberborough, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I, it gave me. Um, I, I didn't know anything about that World War Two code yeah. break stuff, so I found that really interesting. But um, he, he is a truly... He's an interesting actor, isn't he? I can yep. see why he has this kind of... I'm curious to read that book about the woman who gets obsessed with him. Have you heard about that book? No. Oh, so this woman who lives in Canberra has written this book where I forget what it's called, but she basically becomes completely obsessed with Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> and then she's written a book about how it's kind of harmless. And she was just like, you know, a young mother and she was exhausted and, right. and she just developed this obsession with Cumberbatch that kind of pushed her through. Richard Glover's read it. And he told me it's actually a great read, like just a light kind of funny read. So what's in the book just like, and then I... I don't know. Her obsession, with, I... her obsession with Cumberbatch. Do you know there was another book I read around on the weekend and I thought, oh, I kind of would like to read that, but I suspect maybe it was just a very hooky way of doing the blurb. It, it was this woman who is at a work conference with her husband. Oh, Did you read this? <laughs> that thing set fire to the internet. I know. So if, if people that didn't see it, this woman, the piece is, I'm at a work conference, my eyes meet across the table with this man who's not my husband and I realise I've met my soulmate and then we just keep talking to each other. The husband's there. The husband's the there. Yeah. She's like, I couldn't uh, take my eyes off this dude. It was I was just bedazzled by him and basically I left the conf- conference and I realised I, I had to leave my husband. And then that's the extract and at the bottom it says... Um, Whatever her name is, book. When a soulmate says no, out now. <laughs> so you're kind of thinking this is a story of how she got together with the love of her life. Yeah. And the only hint that actually maybe it didn't pan out that way after she impulsively left her husband after, let's face it, exchanging some pleasantries across the canapes <laughs> at some work conference with some dude that she knew by first name only. Um so it's an incredible piece of promotion. Yes. You had to pay attention. Couldn't be better. And read the title of the book to think, wait, what? Yeah. And Whoever so, came up like, with that idea of how to extract it, just, it was a brilliant idea. Absolutely superb. Yeah. And also, like, it was – and what also made it, I think, you know, a classic internet blow-up event was that there's a lot of – how can we put this politely – a lot of division about the quality of the writing. Like, it was right. very bodice-ripping and, you know – Yeah, right. Um, you know, I was gazing at his chest through his – fine white linen shirt yeah just like oh boy um so it's pretty purple um but then there was another article this weekend where talking about the reaction reaction, and how the writer feels about it she she feels is seemingly somewhat rattled that like oh god i didn't you know intend it to have that kind of reaction you need to read the whole book and da 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 but but if it had been extracted slightly differently it probably would never have happened no right? that's like right this. i mean it's it's I, I feel sorry for her if she feels rattled but actually if you want people to buy your book that is 
couldn't have been better marketed. You've got to it was, do the rattling. It was yeah. nailed. Yeah, yeah, that was absolutely Yes, nailed. I did read both the article and then the subsequent coverage about the outrage and I sneakily enjoyed both. <laughs> but, but are you going to read the book? I don't think I'll read the book. I don't think book. I will, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what is it? That we, I my moment's fun. We both, yeah, it's exactly. Terrible. We both read those two articles. <laughs> I really enjoyed both of them. It made enough of an impact we've discussed it in the pod and now we're both saying we're not going to read it's the book. It's terrible, isn't it? Maybe it we should read it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we should both it. read it and then come back and... Or can know. we encourage our like tens of thousands of listeners yeah, to read it and let us know if we should read it? I mean, this woman's really hung her ass out. So, I mean, she should get a pair of, you know, complimentary underpants or something, you know. <laughs> um, now, I've read a couple of things that I'll quickly rattle through. One is um, Anne Tyler's latest book, book which is called oh, French Braid. Yep. Okay, I think it's, I've suffered from the usual, you know, elections, can, you know, time of year. Oh, yeah, I've hardly reading at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I, I don't have the concentration. I'm not paying attention. I think it's why I'm just re, – like, I just rewatched Succession. I'm rewatching West Wing, as you know. I'm not yep. rewatching, but watching yep. West Wing. Um, I'm just – basically don't have the bandwidth to yeah. indulge anything new. Yeah. And I normally love Anne Tyler. Now, do you know which Anne I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Not I Anne do. Patchett. Yeah. Um, it's, if you like Anne Tyler, you will like it. It's the classic kind of family yep. story that she does Sprawling. incredibly well. Yeah. Um, and there's certain scenes where you're like, oh, just the authenticity of that yeah. is so great. And it follows kind of several generations of a – it starts with a train journey where there's a, a woman – on the train with her boyfriend, they were in their early 20s and they're at, I think, Philadelphia's main train station. Mm-hmm. She sees a kid across the thing of about the same age. She's like, oh, I think that's my cousin Nicholas. And mm-hmm. her boyfriend says, well, is it your cousin Nicholas? Or not? How can you like, I think it's my cousin Nicholas. And she's like, well, we're not that close to family. I don't really see my cousins very often, blah, blah, blah. And then it goes, they have a kind of train ride that's a bit awkward and then it goes back in time to what would be that girl's grandparents oh, okay. and then the family upbringing and you kind of try, start piecing together like all oh, right her mother's you know Lisa yep. and da, mm-hmm. da, da, da. and then you're getting the kind of gist of oh okay right so this is how it unfolded so mm-hmm. that's why maybe they weren't so close on the train da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. anyway it's it's her usual customary quality I think the problem's not the book the problem's my headspace right yeah well do you know um you know how for years and years and years I've been holding back Helen Garner's The Children's Bar? Yeah. Because just the pleasure of having a Garner book that mm. I haven't read was just like, you know. Yeah. And I thought one day when I'm really, really sad, I will start reading it and it'll be like a beautiful treat. And I did start reading it. Um, uh, and my brain is so scattered that I was like being super careful to only let myself read a little bit at mm-hmm. a time. But I've actually stopped until after the election because I just I'm not I'm it's I'm not in a headspace to enjoy it properly. So, oh, so right. anyway, I've still got you know I've only read about a third of it. So yeah, you know, I've still got heaps left, and it's absolutely isn't extraordinary. It, isn't so, it weird how your exterior circumstances mm-hmm. and where you're at can have a major impact on how yep. you enjoy yep. something? I mean, I reckon it's a good advertisement for if you've read, say, a book that's really famous and well regarded, and and you know everyone says, oh, you'd love it, and you don't like it. Maybe just put it aside and go back to it later because it could, it literally could just be that it's not the book oh, that it's you. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but I know enough about my own headspace that I know that I will. Yeah. 
get more out of it and it's like there's not that many unexploded you know Helen Garner's around so, no that's yeah, right so don't be very careful, careful. Mm. Like, this like Steve Toltz's book Fraction of the Whole which as you know is one of my yeah. favourite books the first time I read that was um, I was on holiday yeah always a good time to yeah. read something because you yeah. you're relaxed you have time to immerse in it the second time I read it was actually when I was in hospital having had my second child, James, I was having a terrible yeah. time and I just wanted something that I knew would like yeah. a, a familiar comfort read, blah, blah, blah. If if I had just bought the Steve Toltz and taken it with me to hospital, then yeah. it would not be one of my yeah. time favourite books. Yeah. Speaking of which, you're reading the new Steve Toltz. I am. Yes. And I haven't finished it and for see my above remarks, but um, he is just so clever and funny like I've just laughed out loud so many times nearly every page right? just like I mean what goes on in that man's brain oh, like I, I mean know. I read I read an interview with him that was in like where was it was it the it one that he wrote with himself correct yeah. yeah and he's like asking himself questions and I just like it's it's I mean the novels are enough of a glance into his brain oh. like it's like an ant colony in there like there's it's there's incredible. Cathedrals, there's, oh, you know. It's, it's, I just, I mean, I've said this before, I love his imagination. Like, mm. I'm just blown away by how imaginative he is and the just funny way he looks at things. And those extracts I read in here the other day, yeah. about, you know, he slapped the mother's face, slapped <laughs> the father's face. God, I was just crying. Just the account of that celebrant, her oh, you know, remarks to, a, the, to the betrothed is just... Oh, it's, it's just gold, isn't it? He's, so funny. I know. He is just absolutely hilarious. But, you know, again, I think you've got to be kind of in the right um, sure, space yeah. for it. So I'm reading this other book too that is well blurbed on the cover by, you know, people who I think would have good taste. And someone whose taste I really like sent it to us, and I think mm. there's a copy of you, um, Karen Reed, who's the head oh, yeah. publicity mm. of Penguin Books. Um, it's called Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. So it's about a woman who has become a, in the 1960s, a cooking show celebrity, like, you know, everyone's cooking with luscious Lizzie. She becomes a nickname. Right. cooking with Liz, basically. And she does, you know, she sounds a bit, not Julia Child, or maybe a bit Julia Child, but she cooks kind of easy, accessible, yet delicious mm-hmm. meals for mm-hmm. people. But in the part of the book I'm up to, we're not quite at the journey of how that's happened because she, her, by training she's a chemist and mm. she's working in a lab and so it's gone back in time to when she's working in this lab and, and mm. the journey she's on. So the tone of it is really kind of light and sort of twee and I'm liking it and kind of breezy and then suddenly, without giving a spoiler, in sort of the first maybe quarter this uh, incident occurs that's so in breaking with the tone of the book Wow! that I was like, what? Are you going to drop this in here? And then now the tone's kind of reverted back to the breezy tone. Oh. And so it, it reads like... I, I, I just... I, I can't really go into it without spoiling, but I'll just be curious if you read it, <laughs> if you have the same reaction. I was like, this is a very strange fit to shoehorn into this... Um, and yeah, so wow. you know, so yeah, I'll be so, curious to see. So, maybe it's a device, and are you worried that it's going to happen again? Like, I, it's it, it's like, so odd that I wonder if the manuscript was submitted and they were like, Oh, we think we, we should introduce a bit of blah 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 because women in that era really suffered from serious sexism and, and it was difficult to be in a workplace. So, let's add da 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 da. It just to me, it seems wow. like such a bolt on and weird shift to the story. Ooh. 
But then I, th- but then I also think, okay, maybe I've misjudged it. Maybe I've thought, oh, the tone. It's a woman who's a chemist and cooking show. It's light da da da, and it's all light and breezy. Mm. And maybe I've misjudged what the book's actually mm. going to be. But yeah, it was like a jarring. Whoa! So I must ring Ka- Karen if yeah. you're listening. I'll be ringing you <laughs> for a debrief because it's kind of rattled me a little bit, and I uh, don't co- quite get it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Right. So what, what are you uh, among your children about reading um, and kind of not absorbing it at the moment? Well, look, actually, I, I've sort of been watching more television. Um, I haven't been sleeping all that well, so sometimes I watch something in the middle of the night. Right. Um, very healthy yeah, and uh, good. very good for sleep health. Um, sleep hygiene, as I <laughs> read it referred to the other day. Um, so, and I kind of like, when I'm feeling a bit anxious... It's so ridiculous, but I really enjoy um, television series about dreadful things happening to other people. <laughs> like, you know, murders and stuff. But, like, I watched um, that series called We Crashed, which is oh, about yeah. the collapse of WeWork. Oh. And I listened to the podcast of that, too, and really enjoyed it. Um, and so it's about the WeWork fan, founder, a um, guy called Adam – what's his last name? Sh- Schultz? Schmidt? Ugh my brain what um looking forward to six hours of live television with you um anyway and he's this sort of like essentially huckster who's like a great salesman and he grew up in a kibbutz um in israel and he is completely seized of this business idea that is collective workspaces and he sort of pitches such a good game that he gets loans he gets investment and before you know it, he's got like hundreds of sites around the world he's like this cult figure um he's played by jared leto it's a um dramatization and um his wife who's kind of like a yoga teacher and sort of spiritual guru she's kind of super into the idea of spinning off we work into you know we grow which is a series of educational centers or you know blah 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 um of course the whole thing ends in absolute tears because essentially he's kind of a bit of a chancer um, she's played by Anne Hathaway, and America Ferreira is also in it, which is um, rather pleasant and fantastic. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the series. I kind of am fascinated by scammers and um, or people who just get away with stuff for a while and then don't. That's why I'm kind of completely obsessed with the Elizabeth Holmes yeah. story because there's also just something slightly comforting about watching a whole series about something someone being in more trouble than you are i feel like this would be an excellent book topic for you if you could find the right story like a court case that you could follow about a scam because you've you've always loved a scam an unraveling yeah Yeah. like one of my favorite books of all time clifford irving um uh the the hoax which is a true story of his attempt to write a fake authorised biography of Howard Hughes based on his theory that Hughes would never come forward and denounce or or distance himself from the book because he's a hermit and will never show up in public. Wrong bet, turns out. That was like a fantastic story. Anyway, yeah, I do, yeah. And I've also have been listening to um, Liar Liar, the um, podcast that Kate McClymont and Tom Steinford have done uh, for nine um, newspapers. Um, What's that about? It's about Melissa Caddick. Oh, the financial so, yeah, so woman, it's, right? Yeah, she basically ran a Ponzi scheme, pretended to be a licensed financial advisor, which she wasn't, and started with her close friends and their families oh. and scammed um, just tens and tens of millions out of them, which she spent on, you know, 
diamonds and um, handbags and and she she's suic- believed to have suicided or no? Well, it's a mystery. I mean, right. her foot washed up on a beach. Um, right. And I mean, the most extraordinary thing about this podcast, apart from the fact that it gets you, you know, the company of Kate McClymont, which, as you know, is like one of the great pleasures of the world. Like she is just the funniest, sharpest sort of. <laughs> I would, you know. If I didn't know Kate socially, if I was, you know, in politics or something, getting a call from Kate McClymont oh. would just make your guts go to water. Like, oh. you'd just be like, what? Oh, God, what? What? Yeah. What has she found out? Because oh. she's, like, she's terrifying. Anyway. but <laughs> The same effect happens to me from your friend Sam Maiden, who occasionally oh, yeah. texts me. You don't want her to I see her name, yeah. I'm like... <laughs> Wrong. Why am I scared of Sam Bain ringing me? But just the sight of her name, it's scary. She is right. You're quite right. So, anyway, I'm quite enjoying that um, because, again, I'm just fascinated by the psychology of scammers. Like, imagine, mm. like, because if I was taking my friend's money to invest it, even if I was doing everything ethically, not stealing anything, doing oh. my level best, I would die from the anxiety, right, oh. of, you know, what happens if oh. I... You know, if it doesn't do well or whatever, I mean, it's an, it would be incredibly anxiety-inducing. But not only does she not worry about that, she's literally not invent, investing the money. She's oh. spending it on jewels and stuff. So I don't know. Like, it's, it's, it's a, It is an astonishing mindset, yeah. isn't it? Like the psychology oh, of it would be – that's why I reckon we need to look out for a trial where oh, someone do. Yeah. like that has actually been – because it's – I mean, I, like – yeah, I mean, I just want to hear, like, I've, I'm always fascinated. Like, I just want to cop some, put eyes on you yeah. and, like, hear what you've got yeah. to say because it's so, like, it's so far from my understanding. It's like I can't even begin to wrap my head around that you're taking people's money and you're just buying shoes for yourself or whatever. Like, right, and it's so hard to understand. people who hang around to defend themselves as well, like, that's why I'm absolutely fascinated by that Elizabeth Holmes trial because her evidence is, no, no, I always believed in the product. I believed that it would work. You know, I'm a Silicon Valley entrepreneur. You've got to move fast, break things. They, things don't work all at once. So you've just got to persist and believe in yourself. You're kind of sitting there watching and thinking, so what? Like, oh, I know. It's just yeah. it's bizarre, isn't it? So before anyway. we go, um, just some diary dates and some shows and stuff. So we've got shows in Sydney on the 24th and 25th of June. The 24th is the one that Sales is doing without my knowledge. It'll probably fe- feature epic cruelty <laughs> and from the raised eyebrow of uh, our mutual friend Belinda Weber, the makeup artist who's um, going to be there. It sounds like there's... I don't know. I got the real vibe from her that there'll be some sort of novelty (laughs) because she just like, she said to me, and what are the special makeup requests for your night? And I'm like, what do you mean? Special makeup request. Remembering the last time we were at the MO, you made me be Brian May. You're fine with green paint, aren't you? Which... I know it's one of the happiest moments of your life. It was. It was. Very it was. I, I actually, I don't know that I can top Brian May, but I do have some plans. And then we're going to be in Brisbane on August the 26th yes. at QPAC. Um, That's right. In fact, by the time this pod comes out, those tickets might be on sale. But also, because every time we mention shows, people from around the country go, when are you going to come here? So we can tell you for the rest of the year, you know, COVID and kids and life permitting, yeah. we've got an Adelaide show, we've got a Perth show, and we've got a Canberra show in addition to Brisbane yep. and Sydney. Yep. So we'll be, we will be getting around. I'm, I'm particularly looking forward to WA. Yes. Because I remember last time we did a show there. Albany. 
Perth and Albany. We did a show there. It must be now 2018 or maybe 2019. Mate, it's a blur. It was a long I, time ago. barking at me. I've only done know. one show in yeah. WA and it was absolutely a hoot. Callum came on stage. That's right. So he did. Um, and it was the... WA audiences were so fantastic and I already have had received an email from someone in WA with a list of places we should go and oh, things good. we do. So, All right. Yeah, so that'll be really fun. So I'm looking forward to that. Superb. All right. All right. Let's, Let's go, go back to, to working in crime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that kind of week. Oh.